welcome to, I believe, our final bonus episode of the season. I couldn't let this season end without talking to our final narrator for Best Laid Schemes, Sandy Keene. Sandy lives in Liverpool, England, and is just the perfect narrator for this episode. We talked predators and prey and karma and Noel Coward. It's a lovely conversation and a great way to end season one. So please enjoy this conversation with Sandy Keene, the narrator of Best Laid Schemes. Good afternoon, Sandy Keene. Hello, Michael Mao. How are you? Oh, I've got my. Where's my? Where's, where am I? Oh, stop video. There we are. Hello. Remind me, where where do you live? Le- Liverpool. Liverpool. I, I believe that there were some musicians, maybe of note, who might have spent some time there. Yeah, yeah. I seem to recall that too. Yes. One of them went to my school. <laughs> Which, who went to John, your school? John Lennon, a few years before me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for, for talking to me. Um, this episode comes out on October 5th, and it will be the last one, ending this season on a fanciful note, as opposed to some of, I mean, I suppose there is darkness in this, but... Definitely not to the degree of of some of the other episodes that I've written. So you and I spent a lot of time together because you narrate the entire episode. And when you recorded, you recorded everyone's lines as well. What is your take on on the story itself? Um, I think it was quite interesting in, in the fact that because of my my other interests. I thought it was interesting, the predator-prey relationship, because we live in that world. And it's predator-prey is, is just all around us in every aspect. So the actual story of being that and with the animals, I mean, I think we can all we can all uh, look to the lion as, you know, somebody who in life is someone you look up to and then you feel sorry for the gazelle because there are those people around us as well who are constantly being eaten up <laughs> in life. <laughs> so so that, that was what um, intrigued me really about the story. And um, yeah, that, that, was, that was pretty much it really. It was, um, it was a story of life. Yeah. Now, obviously all of the characters are, are animals we have Seal, who is very vocal in his desire to, to change the world and to fight back. You have folks like Pelican, who seem to just want to get along. You have Gazelle, who really hopes that, that the words in, in books that she had <laughs> books and things she has heard are true about the possibility for peace. And of course, you have our two alpha predators, the, the crocodile and the polar bear, 
who seem to just be up for anything and know that at any minute, if things don't go their way, they can just eat them. Do you know people who fit these these characters, Re- real life people who are, uh, you know, the polar bear or the, the seal or... Yeah, I, I think we can all relate to all of those animals. I think we, we all come across these these animals. And at the end of the day, we're animals as well, aren't we? We're, uh, so we do come across them. And that's what intrigued me about the story, because listening to the story, it was you can, you can picture people that you've met in the past, people you've heard about just in the world that we're in right now. There's there's all those people who could you could fit into the uh, the crocodile role <laughs> and the polar bear role and it's where do you fit in where do i fit in i probably fit in as the gazelle <laughs> okay. I, I i always hope that there's going to be peace and um and that we can somehow emit that to other people, get it through. I was talking to a colleague um, last night, last night, and we were talking about karma. And he he actually gave me another view on karma. He said, I, I look on karma as when somebody comes at you uh, who's aggressive or they're upset and you're in a fairly good mood, and by their demeanor, you're taken out of your good mood. And I said, yeah, but if you turn that around, then you can give your karma to other people by smiling at other people. And hopefully that will bring them out of their bad mood. So rather than thinking of karma being, oh, well, if I've done something wrong, I'm going to get struck down by a by a lightning bolt. It's I think it's more about your being and being able to hopefully help others reduce their anxiety and and mm. if if that if that was a, do- a domino effect then that would be rather nice in the world although I can't ever see that happening right now now do you think a a gazelle type person could could accomplish changing people in that way or do you or or does it would it take someone who has the power of a lion and has that positive empathetic aura of about them mm. i think both i think both could work obviously if you're in a in a position of power then you you could change it but is is it going to change the way everybody would like to see it change because it's their view and similar to the gazelle it's i think if i think if when you're changing people you've got to be really careful because you're not wanting everyone to end up living on the planet like the stepford wives you know it's it, we we all have our personalities and we all want to get along, most of us, and it's just the the bad eggs that are out there that spoil that. <laughs> so, in your view, is 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 someone like Seal, someone who is is a, I mean, I, I suppose passive aggressive uh, protester, 
is is that a positive influence? The fact that he here is a a prey who is actively working to destroy predators. Where does he fit in? It's mm, uh, an interesting question, really, because you you get you get the protesters out there and. They say it's going to be a peaceful protest and it invariably turns into a bit of a massacre at times. And, and that can be not down to the protesters, but very often those who are trying to control the crowds. Um, and of course, because they're in uniform, it's um, they're then looked on as the bad guys. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I wish you'd have asked me that question to think about. <laughs> oh, well, that's all right. You can doesn't have, your answer doesn't have to be on the on the air. Um, <laughs> what is the in terms of of predators and prey and relations like that? What what is it like in Liverpool right now? Oh well, um, a lot a lot calmer than it used to be. Um, obviously. Going back into the 80s, uh, we had the, the riots, um, which happen all over the world, but in Liverpool especially, it was um, a, a bad time, that. And then we, we became the city of culture, so a lot of money was spent on, on the city and it changed everything. And it's actually a city now that I would welcome anybody into, whereas in the 80s, I would totally tell people to avoid it. So, but as for the people in Liverpool, you they do get a bit of a bad name, a bit of a bad reputation, but they, they've got a heart of soul, um, the Liverpudlians. Um, I'm glad to be able to call myself a Liverpudlian, even though I don't really have the accent anymore. It's been drilled out of me in elocution lessons. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm sure you could get it back. I've certainly practiced it uh, enough, but mine just sounds like a terrible John Lennon impersonation saying Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can fall back into it very easily. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that it became this cultural center. Do you believe that art and and artists have the power to create a, a a more peaceful world? I think so, yes, definitely. Um, art is a, is an ex, you know, it's a way of expression, isn't it? And um, the, the art that's around Liverpool, the, um, the free artists, uh, we've got a fantastic guy who's from Liverpool and he's, he's gone around old buildings and made them into something of beauty, really, uh, depicting the history of Liverpool. So we've we've got quite a lot of very large artwork in the city that you come across in the most obscure places. It's it's not graffiti, it's it's it is art. And yes, I think people it makes people smile. So And as you said, just just simply smiling can create a uh, chain reaction of good karma? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And it's amazing how many people you do pass and 
you can't help but smile back at someone if, if they smile at you. And I've come across very few people who I've passed and I've smiled at and they've they've not smiled back. And well, that's, you know, they've probably got other things on their mind and not in a good place, maybe. Or Is Liverpool an eye contact city? Um, it is from my, my view. Okay. Yeah, it is from my view. I very rarely see people looking down. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say it is an eye contact city. Yeah, I'm I'm in Atlanta, and I guess it depends on on where you are in the city. It's historically been an eye contact city, you know, being in the deep south. Um, but as a as a you know major metropolitan area, there's there's a lot of fear here of violence, and so I think that we've slowly got brought our gaze down to the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. It, when you're saying it in that respect, I, I'm very, in fact, I never go into Liverpool at night. Um, during the day, it's got a t- totally different vibe. There's different people who are in the city during the day than at night time. And yeah, and, and we have had a couple of shootings recently, um, fatalities, which have shocked the city because we're we're still not used to gun crime but it's becoming more and more apparent and knife crime is is on the rise so people aren't actually going into areas as maybe they would have in the past hmm. so yeah i mean i'm i'm thinking i'm i'm going to the theater tonight but it's with a it's with a group of people and we're not actually going into the city it's literally going to um a small theater and it's yeah so yeah. i suppose from that perspective there's different people go out at different times now in the story it's clear who the predators are because well humans have categorized and you know animals categorize themselves and and their biology de- you know determines who they are, if they're carnivores, omnivores, etc. In the human world, it's it's not as clear. What do you think? And this might be another question where I should have asked you earlier. What what do you think is an identifier for a human predator? For for those who we need to be aware of. Ooh, the quiet ones, I would think. <laughs> 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 yeah. I don't know. Both of our countries have had some some fairly loud-mouthed people who uh establish themselves as predators. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> We're not gonna go down the political route. Are we? No, no. <laughs> um yeah, it's pinpointing that's a that's a hard one, isn't it? Because it can be the ones you least suspect. But then there's the others um, who are not- notoriably, um, if that's the right word, that you know. I mean, we've we've got one in particular, haven't we, in the world right now? And it's quite frightening as to what he can do. Um, so he stands out. But then there's the, the other ones that you don't hear about until there's a big war suddenly starts. So, yeah, I don't think there's I don't think there's a hat you can put on anybody as to 
whether they're the predator or not and to be aware of. I think that those who are very vocal in their position will do what they have to, will do what they can do anyway because they've got that power. Hmm. So say you receive a letter in the mail, as, as these animals do, that says peace can be achieved. And all you have to do is come to this meeting and uh, for, for this roundtable discussion, or summit as it's called. Does, does Sandy Keene look at that and go, all right, I'll book my flight? Or do you say, I don't think so? I think if you've got an opinion, then you should support that by it's it's like uh, local stuff um, that that happens in your local area. It annoys me when people complain about things not getting done, and yet they won't go to the community meetings and voice their voice their opinion. They'll moan about it in the bar or in a restaurant or with friends, but they won't actually go to a meeting where that is being discussed to put their view over. So I think if I got a letter like that and I was um, I was able to, if I felt that my being there would help to move things forward, then yes, I would go. I wouldn't. Well, I'm not one to hide under a bushel. <laughs> well, good. Good. In reading this particular script and, and performing it, were there was there anything that, that that stopped you that made you consider something maybe you hadn't considered before? There was there was, there was nothing in the script that I couldn't I couldn't uh, decipher or I didn't understand. It was it was it was all it it was it was very clear with what was going on. Did you anticipate that when, that when we, you got to the end that there would be a massacre? <laughs> um, it, that didn't surprise me because, yeah, that didn't surprise me at all. And then with the alternative ending, it was, it was a little, um, I mean, it was lovely. I mean, that's what everyone would like it to have happened. But I think... In the real world, we know that that probably wouldn't have happened. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a sort of Wizard of Oz ending, <laughs> the second one. Every, everyone was happy. My, well, not quite happy. Some... <laughs> well, there were, there were a couple that, that certainly met their early demise. They did. My friend and um, associate casting director, Annie Weaver, after, after reading the story again, it had been published several years ago, she said, she said this, is, this is one of your only stories that I hate because I hate the ending and I hate it even worse now that we are living in 2022 and I wish that it could end differently. And so I, I thought, oh, I mean, I suppose if we have any opportunity to change the ending, it's now the journal that it's published in is you can't you can't tear up the paper and and recreate it but i could for this and so but i didn't want to lose the original ending either um so you can thank people can thank annie weaver if they were hoping that gazelle could survive at least until she runs out into traffic in new york and gets hit by a <laughs> 18 wheeler 
how do these animals get to the United States? What transportation are they taking? How are they reading English? What is happening in this story? But that's that's the that's the uh, wonder, isn't it? That's the magic of um, of writing. It's uh, it's the it's your own imagination that goes there, isn't it? And uh, you can see it happening, even though you know it would never happen. That's uh, that's the the wonder of it, of it all. I, I love where you can just get involved in that and picture yourself. And even listening to the characters when you sent me the uh, recording and listening to the characters, you know, I could picture them. I could see them in my head. Um, so that, that was good. It came to life. Yeah, it really did. S- speaking of um, coming to life, your, your voice is just absolutely perfect for, for this narrator. And there's just... There's there's a joy and an empathy and a wonder in it when you're when you're narrating, and so uh, I wanted to know what's what other projects are you working on or is your voice uh, working on? Do you know, Michael? I I'm not a lover of my own voice. I don't think there's many people who do enjoy listening to their own voice. I talk all day. Um, I've been. I, I teach Pilates. I've been teaching Pilates for 20 years. And so I'm up there talking in front of students, running courses. And when it came to when it came to COVID and the theatres all closed and I wasn't involved in the local theatre because all the doors closed, it was well what what else what else can I do? And I wasn't teaching. Um, apart from on Zoom. And I love reading. But I, I got into podcasts and it was actually this, I, I actually quite like the thought of doing this. So I I started obviously quite late in life doing this and was surprised by the response that I've got, um, certainly from yourself, that my voice was obviously acceptable. So since starting and just accumulating um, my little studio here, um, I've I've had a lot of very positive responses. Um, I, I taught meditation. And people would say, oh, can you do me another recording of your meditation? You know, we really like your voice. And I thought, God, my voice, I don't don't like my voice. But I'm in the middle of the moment of um, narrating um, a story for ACX, which is, um, it's a high profile book, which I'm really excited to be doing. Um, And it's based in England and it's... um, it's a crime. So, uh, so I'm enjoying that as well because there's death in this one as well. Uh, and I'm having to do the voices of the characters, which I've found quite tricky. But yes, and I've now forgotten. I'm rambling now. I've forgotten what the question was. Well, was, I was asking where else we can hear you. Oh, okay. Well, it's at the moment, it's um, 
Amazon Amazon Audio. But I, as I say, I'm new to it, so I'm just starting out, really. And okay. I want to thank you, especially for giving me the opportunity to do this. Oh well, it's it was it was an honor. I'm so glad that you accepted the the role. And people can can find you on on the internet if they want to. You said that you that you can they can find you on Amazon Music. On Amazon um, Audio. Amazon Audio. Yeah, on audio. And um, that's that's hopefully where more of my voice will will come about. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> it is a new birth. Yeah. A good new life. Yeah. Mm. Well, Sandy Keen, thank you again. I'm glad we could fit this in before you have to go. And, and I, I hope you enjoy the theater this evening. I'm looking forward to it. It's a Noel Coward play. It's a Blythe Spirit. Oh, yeah. I'm familiar. So I have seen it before, but um, many years ago. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Well, enjoy. Thank you. Well, that was it, folks. Season one has officially come to a close. I'm sure I will be posting some producer, director, writer notes in the coming weeks, ways that you can donate to the show, some teasers for season two, which we will be casting pretty soon. We sure appreciate you listening. Please feel free to rate and review the show, share it with friends, post it on social media. We would love to get more listeners. So until next time, meow.